The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what we need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. Uh, Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year. Are we certain that 2020 isn't just continuing on for an extra month or two? Wait. wait. Did did you look at the calendar to make sure it was January 1st and not just December 32nd? My my calendar said January 1st, 3031. You know that actually makes too much sense. That 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 does make. Well, it, I, isn't that what it would be? <laughs> what the way last I, year <laughs> went? I, yeah. I, I I I I hopped in the big. Uh, I hopped up in the big blue box, uh, and I, like two seconds later, I was like in another time. And I confirmed that the time that we're in now is the correct time. So we'll, you know, but whatever you do, don't, don't, t- t- time isn't linear. Just remember that. It's okay. It's a big ball of timey-wimey stuff. Yes. Are you telling yes. me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Actually, I was, I, I, I did a couple of years ago, I bought a, a vortex manipulator uh, and because I was like, well, you know, truth is, if I had, if I had access to one, I would just totally and, and, and this counts as Marvel because Doctor Who was produced by Marvel Comics back in the 70s. I had, I had some of the, the Doctor Who comics back in the day. Yeah, but, you know, we've also got Doctor Strange with the Time Stone, so he could have moved us to 3031 as well. I'm just wondering of the 14 million and six timelines, how yeah. many of them had 2020 lasting an entire decade? 
Uh, oh, probably like sixteen oh. million and five, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, check out the homepage uh, and support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Uh, our web store where you could get some great hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys, hats, t-shirts, hoodies, knit hats, all the good stuff right there to, to help us help you. Uh, also to check out uh, he, uh, superhero stuff. They have brought back the hero box. Some great looking stuff in the hero boxes that I've gotten in the past. So, um, so yeah. Uh, also too, did we talk about before our last show that we won two more awards? What? You know, I think we, we did, but you know, let's pretend that we didn't and talk about it anyway. Uh, we entered the LA sci-fi film festival, their first year doing a podcast section and we won silver award for best podcast hosts and gold award for um, best special interest podcast. Well, thank you. So congrats, guys. Folks. Thank you to the fine folks there at the film festival. We appreciate it. We it's, it's an honor to be nominated and, and all that standard, you know, Oscar award nomination spiel. Uh, but in our case, we mean every word of it. Well, the, the film festival that we won our first awards at the West coast film festival, they're now called the Los Angeles motion picture film festival. Uh, they have the podcast track back again. Well, and, good. I, and I am debating submitting the show, uh, the, the shows for uh, competition again. Are we not the reigning, ch- the defending national champion on that? I don't, I don't know if they've done it since. I know we are the first winners in the categories yeah. that we won. Um, but that was two years ago. I think it's time to go back. As much as I enjoy putting up ourselves for nomination at the podcast awards, I I feel more comfortable with us at the film festival awards because I think the judges are more geared towards our type of show, our type of our genre with pop culture, geek culture. Um, And I feel we we get a better um, a more fair shake. Yeah, more fair shake of how we're perceived. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what? I, I still think that we we should keep getting into the the oh, podcast yeah. awards. Oh yeah. As soon as we as soon as Mighty Marvel Geeks wins the one, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. One and done. One and done. I, I mean, I know that's sad to say, but we get it once. I I don't want to push my luck of. Okay, we win and then we lose. Like uh, who we were up against this year, you know, they won three years in a row. This year they lost as well to someone new. I don't know if I could do a run like that and all of a sudden just lose. I'll take the one and done. With as many times as we've been finalists, one and done. (laughs) So, um, So, yeah, let's get into topics. Moon Knight cinematographer confirms the casting of Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Oh, uh, Cameron, the Moon Knight? Uh, yeah. Apocalypse? No- Apocalypse? Man, no. I, I, no, we're not going to. I'm, I'm going to pretend that that movie never even happened. No, <laughs> no. You, you say Apocalypse. I say Power Rangers villain of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you? Okay. Speaking of Apocalypse I, I from, from X-Men Apocaflop. Have y'all seen the video of the guy who also submitted, uh, who, who was vying for the makeup for the movie, special effects yes. makeup? Yes. His apocalypse mask looks so much better. 
Mm-hmm. It was just I, I so much be better. I got to be honest. That's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound, you know, okay. Maybe I do mean to do it, be a little bit disparaging, but you know, you get the idea. Yeah. Anyway, Canadian cinematographer, a, eh? Uh, Gregory Middleton took to Instagram to not only reveal his involvement in Marvel Studios' upcoming Marvel Night series, a eh, for Disney Plus, but also seemingly conf- confirmed that Oscar Isaac has been tapped to take on the role of Moon Knight. You hoser. <laughs> okay, now we know some Canadians. You know that, right? Oh yes. Um, Can- <laughs> has never even been uttered in my house so well like maybe a couple of times but generally we don't use that word <laughs> i say it with love like, take off eh? <laughs> i say it with love I, I do it in jest i do it for the bit like bob and doug mckenzie <laughs> okay please tell me i and and i'm about to sidetrack here <laughs> Stop the clock as to how long it'd take us to sidebar. All right. You you saw Brother Bear, right? Yep. The Disney movie Brother Bear? Yeah. I did not. Dude, you so need to watch Brother Bear. You have Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Homework for okay. next week. Yes. I expect you to have a full movie report by the time we come back next week. <laughs> but Disney cast Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas as the moose. The the two moose, <laughs> Rut and Took. Rut and Tuck, yeah. And apparently, apparently, they just said channel you know they're bob and doug with antlers yeah i was waiting just like in that film just like with the test crew for spacex dragon capsule who was also bob and doug i was fully expecting to hear the in the movie <laughs> or across comms as they were launching into space. Like, we're going to clear the tower, eh? <laughs> or, Welcome to the capsule. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. I, I was waiting for them. Falcon Falcon 9 or Falcon 9 Heavy has cleared the tower. I would have laughed. Going back to Brother Bear, we watched the premiere. This is like opening weekend. We are on a Disney cruise. So what they do on the cruises, if a Disney movie premieres on land, they do the premiere on the ships. Right. And they do like a red carpet event and, you know, all the guests coming in, the cruisers coming in, you know, they get the applause from the cast members and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's a red carpet event. And, you know, I I, I ate that stuff up because that's the only way I'll ever get to do that. But watching the movie, all of a sudden the two moves start running to they started talking and I'm the only one. I swear to you, you know, almost a you know, five hundred or however many people that that ship will hold in the in the main theater. You know, two hundred, five hundred, whatever. I'm the only one busting my gut laughing, and everybody's looking at me, wondering, you know, what's going on. And and by this point, I'm used to that look from my wife or right. now wife. But you know, all these people, I'm just going like, it's Bob and Doug. It's freaking Bob and Doug. And this is like one of the best casting decisions ever. Yes. Ranking up there with Gilbert Godfrey as the Ago and Bradley Cooper as Rocket. I I think I think this surpass this is number one out of the three of those. It it doesn't get better. I mean that was the best. 
that, that that's inspired at that point, you know? Yeah. Yes. So and, and if, you, if you can, if you can, and I promise I'm, I'm, I'm ending my part of the sidebar at this. If you can watch the audio commentary of the movie where, where Rut and Took do the commentary. Oh God. It's amazing. Watch the movie straight through normal. Then watch the commentary. And then go back and watch it with the Rut and Took commentary. And it's just like, you'll you'll be laughing your sides will hurt by the time you get through the movie yeah <laughs> anyway going back um so middleton yeah we're supposed to talk marvel aren't we <laughs> middleton uh and in his post on instagram featured the official logo and an image of the character uh confirming pieces of news while also geotagging his post with budapest hungary um which is where they previously reported filming the show or part of the show. Now his previous credits include being a cinematographer for HBO's Watchmen and Game of Thrones, plus a couple episodes of Smallville. So he's got fantasy superhero chops. Uh, if you've seen Watchmen on HBO, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was so. Uh, so I, he, I watched the original movie. Oh, uh, get HBO. Go get HBO it's Max to watch HBO's Watchmen, and that will make up for not watching Wonder Woman uh, eighty four. You know what? I feel what, no need to compensate for not having watched Wonder Woman eighty four. The, the the TV what, show Wonder, is actually. Huh? Wonder Woman 80 duh. <laughs> 80 what am I watching this for? That yeah, too. pretty much. Yeah. But the the TV show is almost like a like a direct sequel to the comic. Yes. You can almost, almost forget the movie. Yes. It it's yeah. it carries it, it it's an extension of the comic, not the the movie. I've got which the is, comics. Which is great. Because that totally throws away all of Zack Snyder's. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, so Middleton wrote on Instagram, well, the secret is out. Uh, it's an honor to be part of introducing a new character to the MCU. Hashtag Moon Knight. Who says cinematographers worry about white costumes? Not if they're complex characters played by an amazing performer like at official Oscar Isaac. Thank you, director Mohamed Diab and the MCU for inviting me on board. I'm looking forward to this. So, uh, Isaac had been previously linked to the role, uh, but was never confirmed, um, to be a part, um, by, by Marvel studios during the Disney investor day, unlike Miss Marvel's, uh, Iman Villani and She-Hulk star Tatiana Maslany. So it could be that negotiations were still ongoing at the time. Right. But if, if he's saying that he it's been an honor to introduce this new character, uh, and literally calls out Oscar Isaac as playing that role. Right. Um, I would think that's pretty much a confirmation and not a rumor. I would take it that way. I mean, yeah, he would know. <laughs> he also, I yeah. would hope he would know. I mean, I, you know, the thing is, I like the idea of Oscar Isaacs in in the main role. I, I do, um, and so I, I, you know me, I, I, I love Moon Knight anyway, and you know. 
after the after the way Marvel handled Daredevil and they made up for we're not going to talk about the movie. There there were some decent things about the movie, but you know. Yeah. Hey, at, at least the Daredevil movie was not Electra. Oh my gosh. Well, that's true. <laughs> but that's you know, true. but you know those films are still better than the Fantastic Flop. Yes. Okay, Manos, The Hands of Fate is still a better movie than The Fantastic Flop. Plan 9 from Outer Space is still a better movie than The Fantastic Flop. Attack Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is better than Fantastic Flop. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a lot of other movies, too. (laughs) Um, Jiggly is better movie than The Fantastic Flop. Oh, Ishtar. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, now that stung. <laughs> Was that too much? Was that... <laughs> I think you broke Mike over there. I, I'm going. I'm going for ver- check. I'm going for verification on this. <laughs> I might have gone too far, guys. He's pull. He is pulling up IMDb. Aren't you, Mike? No. You're pulling up IMDb to check this. Rot, rotten, rotten Tomatoes. The Tomato Meter still has Fantastic Four, Fantastic Flop at nine percent. Nine percent. Where's Ishtar? That's where I'm going. <laughs> I swear, if Ishtar is like nine and a half, it will still count. <laughs> If I can spell it right. I-S-H-T-A-R. You know, I'm calling this now. One of our uh, one of our shows in the near future really needs to be our worst five movies of the MCU. Or just Marvel movies so we can, like, pull in, like... Uh, stick, that Captain America movie from the 90s? Yeah. So do best of, worst of, and honorable mentions of, of both top five? Yes. 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 Okay. Do we, should we do it next week? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? Speaking of... Uh, I need by the end. I need by this end of this weekend, y'all's nominees for uh, for the non awards because we're bringing that back. Okay. For last year's non awards back. Okay. Uh, okay. Ishtar, thirty seven percent. There you go. Um, what was the was it Sahara? Jiggly. Oh, so, oh, good lord, Sahara. Sahara. Oh man, Sahara. Oh, that's still better than Fantastic Flop. I walked out of that movie mad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the book. I walked out of the movie mad. I wanted my money back. Where is it? Sahar. Tomato meter not yet available. <laughs> but audience oh. but audience score fifty seven percent. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. We said jig Jiggly. Oh. First film we have found that's actually worse than the Fantastic Flop. You're kidding me. Six percent. Ooh. Oh man. But you know what though? Isn't isn't Jiggly older than Fantastic Flop? So technically, there should be a weighted score. I'm just saying. And remember, Jim and the Holograms, which was pulled by the studios after two weeks, still sits at 22%. Mm-hmm. A movie that didn't get its full run is ranked higher. Now, now you got me curious. Damn. Curious. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the lack of stories about Marvel movies that we plan to bring to you tonight. 
Okay. We 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 go two weeks, y'all, without you know. So this is what we get. This quality programming that you come to us for. Hey, I had I had knee surgery two weeks ago. I still may or may not be under the influence of anesthesia. I, I'm just saying. Uh, ben Affleck's Daredevil have to do with anything. <laughs> ben Affleck's Daredevil forty four percent. Okay. Yeah. 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 Electra. Eleven percent. Still oh, better. Barely, barely. Still better. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you know what? Um, Beverly Hills Cop Three. No, I'm, I'm gonna go one even better. What? Howard the Duck. Um, you already know Howard the Duck is gonna be. How bad. did we get this far into the program without that one? Thirteen percent. Oh, hey, here's one. Double Dragon, which was a Marvel comic. Yep. Double Dragon, uh-huh. same as Howard the Duck, 13%. Yes! Still better than the Fantastic Flop. I think Alyssa Milano helped that, so, you know. <laughs> Alyssa Milano and Mark Dacascos, so. Hey, Robert Patrick was in it. Oh, that's right. And Scott Wolf, and wasn't Scott Wolf also in one of the Mortal Kombat movies? I don't think Scott Wolf was. I mean, oh, uh, he was. Unless, he was too young. Unless, yeah, unless he was in one of the yeah the he, web yeah, series. Uh, anyway, speaking of web series, uh, moving right along, WandaVision officially gets its TV rating. Yeah. Uh, the series will be rated TV PG. Okay. okay. I can deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and hey, guys, it comes out a week from Friday or as we're recording or it comes out as you're listening. It's coming out this Friday. You know, since the Mandalorian's and uh, done with the season, I'm kind of needing something. Yeah. There you go. Uh, supposedly this week, Marvel Legends comes out. Yeah. It starts this week or has started this week. Okay. Um, now, this rating is definitely lower than some Marvel fans have been expecting uh, because every installment in the franchise film-wise has gotten a PG-13 rating. Well, TV PG would be almost the same as TV as PG-13. Yeah. On the big screen. Um, I'm okay with this because, uh, honestly, the relationship between the two, number one, and also the kind of like the subject matter, I don't I don't think you're going to have a problem conveying that with the TVPG. Now, I'm okay with this because all seven seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was also TVPG. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was TVPG? Yep. Yeah. Huh. Now... Uh, WandaVision blends the style of classic sitcoms uh, in which within the MCU in which Wanda and Vision are uh, living their ideal suburban lives. But they begin to suspect that not everything seems as it is. The series will also star Kat Demings as Darcy Lewis. If you remember her from Thor, the Thor franchise, yes. Uh, yes. Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness and Tiona Paris as an adult Monica Rambeau and Randall Park as Jimmy Woo from uh, Ant-Man, the Ant-Man series. Now, originally, Monica Rambeau was not supposed to be a part of the series. They brought her in last minute as, okay. as part of a last minute change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is complicated because we're incorporating the rules within the MCU, but narrowing in on suburban family sitcoms. So not all the episodes are, are going to be 
not all the episodes are structurally similar, which I'm okay, okay. with that. But well, it, it sounds like it's having like a a I Love Lucy meets Bewitched meets The Truman Show. Meets, meets Dick Van Dyke. Well, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meets The Brady Bunch. Meets I Dream of Jeannie. Which meets insert here. Um, what's fun about all of this is it leads the audience to ask the question about what, when this takes place or whether this is a social experiment or social distancing. I added that part. And if this is an alternate reality or an unraveling of the mystery, we're excited that the Disney Plus platform allows us this creative space to play around. So, th- so since she brings up that question, when when do you think uh, if this is something in Wanda's head, uh-huh. is this taking place after you know, in between Infinity War and Endgame, or is this possibly something that's just taking place in her head after um, Civil War, or um, what was she in before Civil War? Oh, hey, both. Age Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm thinking, all right, if you think that this is all in Wanda's head, but and honestly, you know, Scarlet Witch psychosis is kind of a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to find that this is taking place right after Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. I Or maybe, um, let's see. Well, she well she she turns to ash at the end of Infinity War. No, he turns to ash. No, no, Infinity no, War. You remember they he took the uh they took the uh he took the, the time stone time stone out of his head. Yeah, or no, mine, the mine, 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 mine. Yeah, mine, mine. I, I'm thinking it's either right at the. I'm thinking either right at the end of Infinity War or after Endgame. And really, I'm leaning more towards after Endgame because this is this is somebody working through grief. Yeah, right. And this this could be. I, I, this could be the everything's returned to normal, but I still don't have my vision. Right. And and and, and we all know grief can do a it, it can mess you up bad. Right. Yeah. And uh and honestly, you see, I was going to, I was going to the same place, Eric. Uh, I agree. And I was I'm thinking more of it being post in game as well, because um, really at this point, she's really all alone because she lost her brother in uh, Age of Ultron. She's lost vision and she really didn't have. OK, true. You had five years between uh, Infinity War and Endgame. But I, I don't know. I, I just get I get the feeling that now that she's had closure, you know, there now now comes that that process. And plus, we also know that this ties directly into multiverse of madness. Yes, but but see, here's the thing, and, and this is something I don't think we can we can quite you know smooth over. Right, Wanda disintegrated in the snap. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, so she didn't. So no, I mean she didn't have the chance to to work through this in the five years. That's right. Okay, so if this were to take place right at the end of Infinity War, it had to happen in her head between Vision getting killed and the snap. Right. Could or this, maybe as she's disintegrating. Could this be make a good story? Could could this be who, who's to say that the snap actually didn't create an alternate universe that sent half the people to instead? And this is her dealing with that in that alternate universe. 
It's possible, but the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking, if if this is in her head, if this is all in her head, then mm-hmm. this is post-endgame, and she is trying to work through the grief of everybody got their person back, but me. Mm. Right, right, right. Like, or, well, because you saw what happened when Natasha sacrificed herself. Right. right. See, that that's, that's a little different because she chose to sacrifice herself. Mm-hmm. Well, Vision kind of did as well because he was trying to get the Mind Stone out of his head so they could hide it. Yeah. Right. But then well, they- he, also, he also chose to sacrifice himself saying, you know, Wanda zapped me. Right. Okay. Right. So now you have the, the trauma of basically killing your boyfriend mm-hmm. only to see the big boss end game come up, resurrect that boyfriend, and then kill him all over again. Mm-hmm. Mercilessly. And then you fade away. And then everything fades to black or gray or whatever. Mm-hmm. You come back five years later. Everybody else is back except the boyfriend. And when she comes back, the first thing running through her head is Simon Garfunkel's Dust in the Wind. Wait, that wasn't oh, that. Kansas. That's, That's Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Do you, do, do you even Bill and Ted, bro? I do. But I... <laughs> Anesthesia. Surgery. All uh, we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> Although, um, I mean, you could go with, uh, what is it? Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds of silence. Sounds my old yeah, friend. Sounds of silence. There you go. <laughs> I've come to snap with you again. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, snap. Uh-uh. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I really think that this is if you want to accept the the concept mm-hmm. that this is all in her head and this is just some sort of psychosis, which, again, has been covered in the comics, then then you almost have to put it at the end of Endgame. Agreed. Right. See that. So, well, moving. And now Simon and Garfunkel is in my head and will not leave. Thank you, Mike. Anytime. I'll cure that after the show. No, you've done enough already. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Like I said, Monica Rambeau's role was not planned out at first, according to WandaVision producer. Um, So it turned as it turns out, her character did not have much direction after the child version debuted. Um, as the care, as the daughter of Carol's Danvers best friend, Maria Rambo. But according to co-producer Mary Lovanos, the circumstances of Monica's appearance was a mystery. Her inclusion in the series was also a discovery, not quite mapped out, but it's really enriched the show. Uh, she says she also tries to read all the comics, noting every appearance of every character that I deal with. So that will influence her role in the Marvel in the MCU. Okay, so research. I'm glad people are doing this it. This is good because uh, it would be cool to see the photon version of Monica Rambo. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, the mystery of Monica Rambo will likely be the central plot of WandaVision. Um, and Tiona Paris could play a major role in the future of the franchise. While she may not have had clear direction when these plans were first made, Monica is one of the most powerful members of the Avengers in the comics and could be become a key ally in the future especially since she's been confirmed in her as an appear with a an appearance in Captain Marvel 2 mm-hmm. and i'm also looking forward to see Agatha Harkness yeah mm-hmm. yeah so jumping over to the comic side real quick 
Marvel may have just killed off several heroes. Again? No, I'm sorry. I should get my Rocky the Flying School voice. Again! <laughs> um, so, apparently, Iron Man has developed a unique reputation in the comic universe. Depending on how he's portrayed, he can either come across as a high-tech mastermind or an eclectic hero. Uh, but the most recent run has him playing right into that dichotomy in some interesting ways, uh, including giving him a supporting cast and rogues gallery that was somewhat unexpected. That was especially the case in the series' most recent fifth issue, which saw Tony Stark accumulating a ragtag team to potentially help stop Korvac. As the issue went on, the ensemble's fate was quickly and potentially tragically put to the test. Uh, yeah. So. Korvac uh, is like on the, that level with, uh, with, with Thanos. Oh, yeah. Yep. So at this point in time, I'm just going to preface with. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, after facing off with Korvac. Why am I getting a text? Getting a t- hey, FedEx. Korvac doesn't like you spoiling things. <sighs> this is true. Um, Tony Stark decided that he that he needed whatever reinforcements necessary to help him. Uh, Tony realized he couldn't rely on his usual public facing allies like the Avengers as it would alert Korvac to his plan. So Tony calls out to a series of heroes. That team ended up showing up with about showing up was about as desperate as you could get. Scarlet Spider, Gargoyle. Misty Knight, Frogman, 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 which Frogman. I which I still want this Marvel Legends figure. Okay, yeah, you've got Gargoyle, Misty Knight, Frogman, and Scarlet Spider. Yep. No, how? <laughs> this is not. This is not the group you assemble to go whoop up on Korvac. No. This this is the kind of team that you assembled to go whoop up on your average Howard the Duck villain. <laughs> hey, maybe unless I mean I would say you, know, you unless you end up dealing with somebody who's a master of of, of a quack, quack food. food. But Misty Misty Knight can handle that. So I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is like the loser list of the century. I'm just saying this is not. The the group that you assemble when you have like what is a time traveling guy who who was a threat to the mainline Avengers is the building yeah, no. is the building of misfit heroes which is right next door to the island of misfit toys yeah. I hear they have dental over there. <laughs> Hey, that's a good. That's a rare uh, piece of, uh, especially in uh, most companies' uh, benefits packages now. So you know. So over the course of the issue, the team <laughs> the team has to try and figure out the best way to uh, fight Korvac, and they discover that he has a ship hidden in a nearby warehouse to potentially travel off planet. See, I I do that when I go to Disney Hollywood Studios when I can, and just go to the back of the park. Then I'm off planet. But that's a story for yet another day. Um, so Tony Tony then faced off against Korvac, who had been manipulating Hellcat to only receive some harrowing news. Misty let Tony know that the ship was seemingly empty just before it exploded in a massive blast. 
the issue concluded shortly after um, as Korvac seemed to gain the upper hand as Tony's suit began to malfunction. So, um, did Tony just kill off some fan favorite characters like Scarlet Spider and Misty Knight? Um, okay, no, no. We will find out. I, I'm just, I'm just going to say, issue. hold up right there. Did you use the words fan favorite referring to Gargoyle and Frogman? No. Including fan favorite characters, Scarlet Spider and Misty Knight. Okay. I just want to make sure. The only fan who likes Frogman is sitting right here. If there was a Frogman series, you know who would be picking that series weekly or monthly when that came out. I'd be picking it very very weekly. (laughs) And Howard the Duck starring together in there. That would be your dream job, wouldn't it? The amphibians. There you go. You could Howard the Duck and Frogman like to team up and, you know, fight crime like no, you gotta have you, know, you gotta have with put, Dupe. With Dupe let's Dupe and then let's throw in Squirrel Girl with Tippy with tiptoe the squirrel tippy toe the squirrel. Uh, uh, then, then we don't don't fight it, man. You know he's right. And then, uh, and then you call them the BA, the Bayou Avengers. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh, the Big Easy Avengers. There you go. Oh man, now do you don't want Howard in New Orleans? He would never fight crime. True. Are you saying that he would never leave Cafe Du Monde? He would never leave Cafe Du Monde. No, he would never leave uh, Pat O'Brien's. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> The, he he would be drinking hand grenades like all night long. I'm just saying. But, but you his, know, this would be a great excuse to put in like a you know a gambit cameo or something. Oh. Bourbon Street would never be the same again. <laughs> no, no. Somebody somebody get John Tyler Christopher or Ramon or somebody else to start working up this cover. We 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 want just the New cover Orleans of Avengers. New Orleans <laughs> Avengers. Bourbon Street. Easy Avengers. There you go. The BAs, the Big Easy Avengers. There you go. It, but the the lettering, except for Avengers, the Big Easy needs to be done in the NCIS font, <laughs> and, and they need and they need to be lined up like uh like the cast of NCIS New Orleans. Oh my god. <laughs> So, um, moving right along as I'm watching time, uh, Dr. Strange two halts production amid UK lockdowns. I didn't even realize they were filming in the UK. I thought they were still in Atlanta where a lot of stuff had been filming. Uh, Obviously, with the UK shutting down because um, of the virus that shall remain nameless surging again over there, and they're trying to keep everyone safe. Uh, This means as well that film projects, including Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, is also shut down. Yeah, unfortunately. So, um... So it had been talked about, uh, according to Olson, like Olson's quote, since the hospitals are overwhelmed here, we can't go back to work until that calms down. So just safely hanging out here and really grateful I get to be working. Disney has kept me busy during the quarantine. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't see why if the cast has been bubbling or only associating with each other and they're, they're Uber or ship it or whatever to the cast and the cast is limiting their time. 
time elsewhere. I don't see why they can't continue filming. I I think I think they may have, some of the production assistants may may not be part of the bubble because uh, was it about a month ago? Like so, Mission Impossible wrapped up filming early, and do you remember Tom Cruise had the whole rant? And they they were mostly I thought they were mostly in the bubble, but he went off because people weren't socially distancing. And he was talking about how people were dependent on them for jobs and that sort of thing. So I'm not sure if if, you know, if they're like PAs who aren't like staying on campus or wherever it is that they do. Right. Right. Uh, So right now, there's no telling how long the production will be shut down for, um, nor how long the general lockdown itself will be in place. A similar lockdown in Los Angeles has also affected productions in California as well. But I do know there is uh, stuff being produced in California because uh, mm-hmm. I've I've had a guest over on Weeby Geeks and they talk about how before you get cast for a project, you have to quarantine for 14 days and you have to take another test as you go into your quarantine and take one after your quarantine and then you're still... You know, testing every day when you get to the studio and rehearsals before shots are still everyone's social distance, everyone's masked, and then you do the actual shoot and then et cetera. So, I mean, there's heavy, there's heavy restrictions in place, but, um, and then I'm going to say, finally, I I don't see how this is going to work. Avengers campus to open in 2021. And this story was, this story came out January 4th. 2021 uh it's been confirmed according to comicbook.com that for for a 2021 opening of disney california adventures avengers campus at california disney's california adventure in anaheim here's the problem i see with that they're talking um you know this year unless it's late this year because they're not being specific on when during the year right now theme park wise disney's not opening they have opened up california adventure as an extension of disney sprint uh of downtown Disney with shops and restaurants only. But that's it. Well, dude, I mean, it's only January the 7th. I mean, we still got yeah, like the, the, the 11 and a half months. The, the trial period for 2021 is over, and I'm not sure I want to subscribe. <laughs> so... Um, but the 2021 confirmation also comes in a D23 email as well. Right. So I don't know. I'm going to say a lot of this is going to depend on what the government in California is going to allow or the government. The- Governor of California is going to allow. Gruesome Newsome. Yeah. So, um, so y'all's thoughts on this? And, and I, I mean, since the confirmation, I mean, since this has been announced through a Disney D23 email, mm-hmm. I mean, we could, it's safe to talk about. There's no, there's no speculation here. Yeah. Right. Uh, my thing is, logistically, I don't see how this is going to happen if they're still closed out there. No, I mean, you, you've got, this is based on the premise that they open pretty soon. Right, right. The only the only thing I could think of they do is they open up the shops and the restaurants out there, but no but no rides. I think I think what it is is they so they so they know there are several vaccines out and they're banking on that here in the next two to three months, uh that, you know, the as the, the, the rollout increases and improves 
say by mid spring, you have a chunk of the people who've who've gotten their their two doses. You give it a few months so that things kind of get start opening up and start going. I I my guess is now mind you this is a guess. They're probably looking at opening either late summer, early fall. So I'm thinking I'm thinking somewhere around August, September. That's why I think it's gonna open. I I, I just I, I just think that's what they're going with right now. Right. That's a guess, mind you. Okay. So Eric. we'll see. Eric, your thoughts. Uh, I'm, I'm with Kylan on this. I mean, it's they've got to, in order to pull this off, I mean, they've got until December 31st mm-hmm. to technically deliver on this. Mm-hmm. Although, but, you know what? Oh, Eric, you just hit something. Okay, so what if what if they try to hold this off until November 1st? Because that's, that's so like after Halloween, usually isn't that when the parks usually start decorating for Christmas? They do a big, big rollout or big, you know, opening and make it part of the Christmas celebration. That's possible. That's possible. Wouldn't put it past them. You know, along with maybe, maybe there's another show. Is there any, do we have, or they haven't announced all the shows that are coming out yet, have they? Like, they, is there any that might be Avengers related that may be coming out later this year? I mean, I know, I know. Falcon and Winter Soldier. But Falcon and Winter Soldier, isn't that like March? Uh, I think so. So Falcon Winter Soldier, that's March. Uh, Black Widow, that's May. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just wonder if there's something else that could be out there that they can just kind of. Uh, Eternals is November. Shame. There you go. There it is. Shang-Chi. There it is. July. July. Shang-Chi. There it is. Right there. That's, Eternals. That's the films. Um, Loki in May. What if mid mid 2021 uh, Miss Marvel and Hawkeye late 2021. Oh, now there you go. There, there you late go. 21. Now, if they could put in Eternals or all right to them, Miss Marvel Captain and Hawkeye would fit. It's going to be yeah, that's going to be the bigger the bigger bang. But mm-hmm. I, I, my thought is yes, it would be nice if they could tie it into something like that. But mm-hmm. with the way that the virus, the pandemic has gone, mm-hmm. I think really at this point they're they're more realistic of get it in before New Year's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to happen. I, it'd be it'd be nice. Or it'd be a good marketing thing if they could connect it to something Avengers related. But I, if they, if they were, if they felt bold enough to put it out there and to not just put it out there, but put it in with the, some D twenty three materials, I. Again, I I still think by just putting in blank at 2021, this is still hopes that they will have it open, have the parks open by the end of the year. Yeah, that's. But but remember, too, the the governor, Newsom, has said that he won't allow the parks to open until phase four. And phase four is when you get one case, when you have one case per 100,000 people. Well, all right. I'm sorry. That's unrealistic. Okay. You, can't, you can't do that with the flu or the common cold. He'll revise. He's going to revise yeah. that again, dude. We're just in January. January yeah. 7th. We've got all the way till December thirty first. Right. Yes. A crap load can happen and probably will. This yeah. is true. Yeah. So, well, gentlemen, here are the picks of the week. And Kylan, why don't you start us off? Sure. Okay. So my first pick is Marvel vs. Captain Marvel graphic novel. Uh. 
brought to us by Joe Leafen, King, Kelly Sue, De- Kelly Sue DeConnick, and uh, let me move over where I see it. Margaret Stoll, Terry Dodson, and Jamie McKelvey. Carol Danvers flies higher, further, faster than anyone in the Marvelverse. And these are the stories that prove it. First, the world's greatest superhero teams up with the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But they're about to have their hands full with the attack of a 50-foot-tall red-headed madwoman. Then, everyone loves Carol's adorable cat, Chewie. But is there more to this feisty feline that meets the eye? And just what is a flurkin anyway? In space, no one can hear you meow. <laughs> and the modern day Captain Marvel shares an adventure with time through time with someone she never thought she would see again. Her fallen friend and inspiration, the Cree legend named Marvel, collecting avenging uh, Spider-Man nine through ten. Captain Marvel from 2014, number seven and eight, and Generations Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. Okay. Eric, your first pick of the week. Okay, my first pick of the week is the Thor and Eternals trade paperback Celestial Saga by Jerry Duggan, Stefano Caselli, Roy Thomas, Keith Pollard, John Buscema, and more. Prepare! The Eternals are coming. Roy Thomas brings Jack Kirby's Eternals into the Marvel Universe in one of the greatest Thor sagas of all time. The mighty Thor confronts Odin with questions about Ragnarok, his mother, and the threat of the towering cosmic beings known as the Celestials. Odin refuses to reveal the truth, instead sending Thor on a quest for answers. Thor's journey will bring him face-to-face with the Eternals and reveal the long-hidden secrets of the Marvel Universe. Thus is the stage set for an unbelievable war between gods. Before the dust settles, the fourth host of the Celestials will descend on Earth to lay down their judgment and both human and God may be found wanting. Now, this collects Thor, the 1966 uh, volume, numbers 283 through 301, and annual number seven. Okay. My first pick of the week is... King in Black, Gwenum versus Carnage, number one. Gwen Stacy enters the fray against the King in Black. Bonded to a synthetic symbiote from another reality, Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, is unique among the web-slingers of the multiverse. But when Null descends on her adopted home, his gravity well of dark psychotic energy will reap unforeseen circumstances not only for Gwen, but her symbiotic suit as well. And I really love the look of, uh, of Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen as uh, Gwenum. <laughs> I really dig that that look in, in her costume. So, Kylan, second pick. My second pick is Captain America, number 354, facsimile edition, brought to us by Mark Grunwald and Karen Dwyer. Meet the U.S. agent, John Walker, the former vigilante called Super Patriot, who, for a time, took over as Captain America from Steve Rogers, is back. 
and he's donned red, white, and black that Steve once wore as the captain for his new role as a government-sanctioned super soldier. But first, the agent must pass the deadly test in combat against the Ironmonger. But that's just half the story, literally. When U.S. agent and his former partner, Battlestar, begin a new chapter in their heroic careers, Cap hunts for the mechanical machine smith and finds more than he's bargained for in the return of the sleeper. Twice the action, double the fun. It's one of the all-time great Marvel comic books. Boldly represented in its original form, adds and all. Reprinting Captain America 354. This is from the 1968 run. I have number 350. So I'm, that, yeah. that was a really good, ep- that was a really good issue where Steve Rogers, you know, faced up against John Walker and, right. And you had the new handsome Red Skull. Well, yes. Yeah. At All least, right. at least, at least partway through the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, that didn't last long at all. Yeah. Because you know, as you showed up, he shows up in a clone body of Steve Rogers and, but uh, yeah, he gets a dose of his own red dust and well, he's back to Red Skull guy now. Yeah. So, Eric, second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is continuing on with the Eternals theme, the Eternals trade paperback Dreaming Celestial Saga by Rick Remender, Stuart Emmerman, Adam Kubert, Peter Gillis, Sal Buscema, Walt Simonson, and others. The awesome Unimind and a tragic death set the stage for a new era in the battle between the godly Eternals and their deviant adversaries. The Eternals have spread out among the human population in secret. In these uncertain times, their new leader must hold the remaining Eternals together, even as a new adversary emerges from deep in the Deviant's underground stronghold. Gar, leader of the Deviant Priesthood, has discovered the location of a renegade celestial, defeated and sealed away by his brethren long ago. If the Eternals can't come together and stop Gar, he will possess the cosmic power of this dreaming celestial, and of course conquer Earth. Plus, don't miss the origins of the Eternals from rare what-if backup features. Now, this is collecting Eternals, 1985 series, numbers 1 through 12, Iron Man Annual number six, Avengers number 246 through 248, and material from the 1977 What If series numbers 23 through 30. All right. Well, my second pick of the week is Marauders number 17 by Jerry Duggan, Stefano Casolini, and Salvador La Roca. Uh, rematch Storm versus Kalisto. This time it's personal. Back over to you, Kylan. Final pick of the week. <laughs> My final pick of the week is Immortal Hulk number 42. It's the meaning of life. Uh is by Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, Alex Ross, and Various. Uh, at the year's end, costs are counted by Jackie McGee, Eugene Judd, and Samuel Stearns. All the leaders' plans have finally come together in what may be his greatest triumph. But is that enough? Or will the one below all claim his due? Okay. Eric, final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is, shockingly, not an Eternals, but it is a trade paperback. It is Vision and Scarlet Witch trade paperback, Saga, Wanda, and Vision. The unlikely romance between the Vision and the Scarlet Witch is one of the most famous Avengers storylines of all. 
Now, witness what happens when the two heroes finally get married and settle down in the suburbs. If you think they're going to live the quiet life, think again. Wanda embraces her sorceress heritage, but can a revelation about her family tree be believed? The vision's past threatens their future as Ultron and the Grim Reaper strike. And things get even stranger when Wanda's magic spells lead to the couple becoming a family. That's right. Despite all odds, the Scarlet Witch is pregnant. And now Wanda and Vision must prepare for the biggest responsibility of their lives. Collecting Giant Size Avengers number four, Vision and the Scarlet Witch from 1982, numbers one through four, Vision and the Scarlet Witch from 1985, numbers 1 through 12, and West Coast Avengers, number 2. And this is 472 pages. Oh, cool. A little light reading before bed. Oh, yeah. That's a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final pick of the week is Star Wars, Darth Vader, number 9, The Assassin Returns. In a search for vengeance in the depths of Mustafar, Darth Vader has seized the mysterious key to the Emperor's greatest secret. But the key itself needs a key, which only the deadly assassin, Ochi of Pastoon, seems to have. Vader and Ochi are in the fight for their lives with the fate of the Emperor in the balance. But how much of this is all Palpatine's plan? And what happens when the Sith Lord and the Sith Assassin start to figure that plan out? So, uh, Kylan, I think you have the MU pick. And we're going to see how long we could consistently do MU picks this year. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and we talked about this. So, not sure if we've done this already, but you know what? If not, hey, it's so nice we had to pick it twice. Uh, I'm going with... Civil War, number one, uh, from 2006, uh, brought to us by Mark Millar, uh, Dexter Vines, Steve McNiven, Maury Hollowell, and Chris Iliopoulos. I hope I got that right. If I got it wrong, please come on the show and correct me. Yeah, Um, please tell me, because it's all Greek to me. (laughs) So the Lance... The Mark... The landscape of the Marvel uh, Universe is changing, and it's time to decide which side are you on. A conflict has been brewing in the Marvel Universe, threatening to pit friend against friend, brother against brother, and all it will take is a single misstep to cost thousands their lives and ignite the fuse. As the war claims its purpose, no one is safe as teams, friendships, and families begin to fall apart. Starring Spider-Man, the New Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and the entirety of the Marvel Pantheon. And actually, this is seven issues, so really, you're not going to just stop at number one. But, you know. No, you can't eat just one. No. Very cool. Well, guys, um, that's going to bring us close to the end of this week's issue. Any final thoughts? Oh, you know, I'm pretty thoughted out. Eric? You know, I didn't think about this at the time, but the the uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch trade paperback. I, I wonder how much the material in that is going to affect WandaVision or influence rather than affect. Oh, that's true. That's true. Good thought. Well, uh, at this point in time, since there's no other final thoughts, there's only one thing left to do. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, just see everyone on the flip side.
data protocol. Is it ready? Yes, it is. Time to bring in the Avengers. Do you know you could take the DragonCon report with you wherever you go? Heck, you're even now up on Alexa. Hey Alexa, play the DragonCon podcast up on iHeartRadio. Playing the DragonCon report from iHeartRadio. Playing the latest episode, the 2020 DragonCon report episode 2. Howdy everyone and welcome to the second episode of the 2020 DragonCon report. Now how cool is that? Remember, the DragonCon report can be found wherever you find podcasts. See you at the show in September. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.